Hey, this is Levi, and I want to thank you so much for joining us for this message from Fresh Life Church. It's summertime, and we know you're hitting that hammock, you're out in the canoe, you're lying by the lake, and you're jumping on that airplane for that last minute trip. And one of the things you got to figure out is what book are you going to throw in that beach bag? What book are you going to bring with you? Well, we're here to help because we've picked some amazing books and invited the authors to come out to Fresh Life and to speak, giving us kind of a, a book report on the message that lit them up so much that they needed to write this book out. And uh, so I hope you'll enjoy this message from a few of my friends speaking, uh, helping us figure out our summer reading. If you have a Bible today, if you have a Bible, turn with me to the book of Genesis, the first book of the Bible. Go to Genesis chapter 37. It is such an honor and a privilege to be at Fresh Life. Make some noise if you love your church. I'm telling you what, it is an unbelievable thing to see what God is doing in and through Fresh Life Church. And um, I know you're aware of it, but um, great churches don't just fall from the sky. They don't just happen. It takes a lot of faith, a lot of sacrifice, a lot of coffee. Who am I preaching to right now? <laughs> to build a fantastic work for God. And uh, this is the only church I know that can say God is doing something great in Wyoming and Utah, as well as Montana and Oregon. Come on, let's clap God. Clap and thank God for all that he's doing. And make some noise for your pastors if you love Pastor Levi and Jenny Lusco. Um, I'm just going to ask you, uh, maybe you didn't know before today, Fresh Life, you have a, a Mexican cousin. And uh, that's me. And um, I'm going to ask, as part of the family here, look after your pastors. Uh, pray for them. Love them. And uh, cheer for their children, cheer for their home and their marriage and their family. And the Bible says that we should be a blessing to those that teach the word to us and those that look after our lives. And I can't think of greater leaders in the whole world than your pastors. And they are the real deal. And the first words that come to mind when I think about your pastors are the words creative, faithful, and thoughtful. They are just some of the best people. So God really loves you because those are your pastors. Come on, let's clap one more time and thank God. I love them so much. All right, I'm going to jump right in. Uh, Faith Forward Future, by the way, is our newest book. And uh, so I'm thrilled to be a part of the summer reading. And uh, I'm going to preach to you about dreams today because I believe that it's not up to you to come up with a dream for your life. God already has a dream for your life. Anybody excited about that? God, God says things to you like this. He says, for I know the dreams that I have for you, the plans that I have for you. What kind of a dream does God have for your life? A plan to prosper you, give you a hope and a future. And so that's what God is thinking and dreaming about for your life. So I'm going to jump right in. For the sake of time, first book of the Bible, I'm going to preach today about a man named Joseph. Okay, now just, just a heads up, before I talk about Joseph, Joseph is from a big family. And Joseph, in fact, Joseph is the 11th son. He is number, any 
we're the oldest in the family. If you're the oldest, raise your hand. Let me see all the oldest. Look at all these people in counseling right here. If you're the oldest, you're an experiment. <laughs> but if you're the youngest, let me just see your hand. All the youngest in the family. Look, the youngest yell. <laughs> the youngest, they know they, they are secure in themselves. They start yelling. Yes, the oldest to raise their hand, they're like this. The youngest is like, oh, yeah. Joseph is like the youngest. In fact, he's the 11th son. His father's name is Jacob. Long story short, his mom could not get pregnant. This is Old Testament stuff. Don't try this at home. So, so, so Jacob had had other children with other women. Again, emphasis on Old Testament. And so finally, Joseph's mom gets pregnant and is Jacob's 11th son. He's in love with Joseph. And the Bible says one day Joseph, the 11th born, has a dream. Now I just want to encourage somebody. Dreams are from God. Vision comes from God. Just a little bit of scripture for you. The Bible says in Joel chapter 2, in these last days, God himself will pour out his spirit in such a way that our sons and our daughters... Come on, the youth of Fresh Life Church will prophesy, but the old people will dream dreams. Come on, I'm telling you, God is a, he's a picture giver. He's a dream giver. Our God is a God of vision. I just believe this for this church. God's not just trying to give you fresh life. He's trying to give you fresh vision. Give you vision for your future. So Joseph has a dream. Not like you ever wake up from a dream and you're like, that was the devil. That dream right there, that was the devil. That's bad pizza. That, that's a, this is a, it's a God dream. Let's read together. Watch what Joseph says about this God dream. Genesis chapter 37. It says, Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. And he said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheep rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. Great dream, Joseph. His brother said to him, Joe, do you, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he had said. And then he had another dream. And when he had another dream, he told his brother, he said, listen, I had another dream, and this time the sun and the moon and the 11 stars were all bowing down to me. And when he told his father, as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, What is this dream that you've had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? And his brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept all this in mind. I want to preach a message today. Write down the title. It's called The Testing of a Dream. And I believe that when God gives you a dream, he follows it up with a test. And a lot of times, the bigger the dream, the greater the test. And God is not cruel. God is not trying to trick you. God just wants to prepare you so you can handle the weight and the magnitude and the influence of the dream that God has for you. 
So there is always a gap between dream received and dream realized. I want to talk today about the testing of a dream and show you the process that God, I want to encourage somebody. Maybe some of you are here today, you're like, ah, I've got this dream. How's it going, going to come to pass? Just believe this with all my heart. If God called you to it, he's going to see you through it. He's going to be faithful. He is faithful to complete what he's called you to do. Come on, anybody believe that today? He who has begun a good work, he'll be faithful to complete it. It's the testing of a dream. Come on, let's pray and believe that God will encourage us today. Jesus, we thank you that you are who you say you are and you can do what you said you would do. Today we're asking by the power of your spirit, open up our eyes so we can see you, open up our ears so we can hear you. We thank you that you're a God that is for us. You're a God that is with us. And so we are mindful today that you have precious plans, plans to prosper us and give us a hope and a future. Bless every person that's here. Bless this church and bless our pastors. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. And we all said together, come on, let's clap one more time and thank God if you're grateful for the love of Jesus today. By the way, I just want to acknowledge anybody that's come to church for the first time. Maybe this is your first time in an environment, in an atmosphere like this. We are so thankful that you are here today. Come on, let's clap for every person that's come for the first time. Um, I, I don't know if, you, uh, if you're this type of person. Raise your hand if you are good at taking photos even on, your, even on your phone, if you're good at taking pictures, let me just see your hand. If you're good at taking photos. Okay, some of y'all had your hand down. I appreciate that. You ever, you ever be in a group and you go to take a group photo and immediately you start looking around to try and find somebody you think will be good at taking the photo? This is the most judgment moment of your life. You're just judging people, right? You ever, <laughs> you ever hand your phone to the wrong person? <laughs> This is the worst, right? Like you, ever, you get there with a group of, of friends and you, you stand there and you, you, know, you get your, your cheese on, you, you get your smile on, and, and you, you ever hand your phone to shaky hands? <laughs> get, your, get, get your phone back, you, it's like everything's blurry. It's like, my man, were you nervous? Like everything's shaky. Like, or you ever hand, this is the worst, you ever hand your phone to somebody and you're there 15 seconds. I always feel bad for the people next to me when I take a group photo because I let out a weird sound while I'm smiling. <laughs> to keep my smile, I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> like they must be like, oh my gosh, I took a photo with a guy from Faith for Future. He's a weirdo. But I'm like, <laughs> you ever be there 15 seconds, like just holding it. Then all of a sudden you get your phone back and they only took one photo. You're like, really? Out of all that, you took one photo? It's like, I need options, people. I need to scroll through. And by the way, when I'm looking for options, I do not care what you look like. I only care what I look like. Like I will post something that I look good in and your eyes are closed and your mouth sideways. I don't really care. But, but, but I grew up, when I was going to high school, I'll never forget, I took photography class. It was the fifth period right after lunch. We'd go to, to, to the classroom, and you would check out a camera. You would check out a camera. They'd give you some film, and you would go out and shoot your shot. 
It could be out like in the woods. I grew up on an island. Or it could be, be in the water or the hall. It didn't matter. You'd go out and you'd go through your whole film. You'd come back to the classroom and you would go into the dark room. In the dark room, you would take out your film carefully. You would cut up your photos. You would bring out this little water basin, and you would basically put your photo in the water. After you develop your photo properly in the water, you would bring it out of the water, and you'd hang it up on a wall. After letting the photo dry, eventually you would bring it out into the light. I want to talk to you about a God that is so good. He'll show you a photo, a picture, and a vision of what he has for your life, and then he'll bring you into development before it ever comes to fruition. Come on, somebody thank God right now. He's a God of of dreams, but he's a God of process. He's a God of development. It's believed that so many of us were discouraged because they're like, God, you gave me this dream. How come it's not happening right now? I think there's four tests you have to pass. This is all from the life of Joseph. Before the dream comes to pass, you're going to have to pass some tests. Write down the first one. Here's the first test you got to pass. It's called the test of rejection. Someone's like, ah, oh, came to church to get encouraged today. We're talking about the thing I don't like. I don't know how to break this to you. But not everybody likes you. So it's like, amen. <laughs> like, yeah, just like it's a part of this whole thing. Jesus goes, hey, just a heads up. If they rejected me, surely they're going to reject you. Just long story short, Joseph, he, he, go, he goes down. He gets sent from his dad to check on his brothers, you know, the other ten brothers. And as he comes down, they get so mad at him, and they go, they go, here comes that dreamer. Just watch as it comes on the screen. Let's read a few scriptures. It says, Joseph went after his brothers and found them near Dothan. But they saw him in a distance, and before he reached them, they plotted to kill him. And they said, here comes that dreamer. Come now, let's kill him and throw him into one of the cisterns and say that a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. Just side note, by the way, sharing your dreams with the wrong people, that'll get you killed. Never share your dreams with the wrong people. This is just a life lesson that Joseph has shared his dream with a crew and a crowd that is really not for him. Watch what they continue to say. Come, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. So when the Midianite merchants came by, his brothers pulled Joseph out of the cistern, out of the pit, and sold him for 20 shekels of silver to the Ishmaelites who took him to Egypt. They rejected him. I wonder if you have faced rejection. I wonder if you've gone through some people that have said nasty comments on Facebook, Instagram, or a blog before. Maybe you've been rejected by your own family. Joseph is here, and he's been thrown into a pit. I love his brothers. They're like, let's kill him. Someone's like, no, 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 no. This is not Netflix. We're not doing making of a murderer. We're not going to do it. They're like, yeah, good call. They're like, let's sell him as a slave. So they take off. Joseph was so loved that... His dad made him a coat of many colors. It was his own Gucci coat. And so he's got this coat. So they go, take off his coat, throw him in the pit. We will sell him as a slave. 
and then let's kill an animal, put blood all over the Gucci jacket, we'll lie to our dad. We'll go and we'll say, Dad, we're so sorry. We don't know what happened. Your Joseph is gone. And so they say that this whole plan, Joseph all the while is in the pit. He can hear the scheme. He can hear the reasoning. He can hear the plan. He gets sold into slavery. But I love Joseph because all the rejection that he faced, it never creased his personality. It never changed his attitude. It never made him bitter, filled with resentment. He stayed sweet and stayed kind and preserved the favor of God on his life. Oh, I want to encourage somebody. You might be rejected by man, but you're accepted by God. So many of us, we let rejection derail God's plan for our life. We let rejection embed itself into our countenance and our soul. Not Joseph. Joseph hears all the strategy, all the plan, gets sold out by his own flesh and blood. He's in a pit, then he's sold as a slave and carried off to a foreign land in Egypt. But all the while, while he was rejected, it didn't change who he was. You know, so many of us, we let rejection control the narrative of our life. I just believe, don't become a victim when you've got God. If God is for you, who can be against you? So he's rejected and sold as a slave and carried off to Egypt. And while he's in Egypt, he gets sold again. And this time he gets sold into Potiphar's house. And what's amazing is while he's in Potiphar's house... The favor of God is on his life. Let me just encourage you. It doesn't matter where you work. You could work under the worst boss, under the most terrible circumstance. Maybe you come from the craziest family. When God's hand is on your life, it is an undeniable force. You could be in the worst circumstance, but you cannot deny the favor of God. Potiphar's like, I don't know who this kid is. But there's something about Joseph. Joseph gets elevated. He is now in command of all of Potiphar's house. He is, in fact, the Bible says all Potiphar has to think about every day is, what am I going to eat today? Shall I have Chick-fil-A or McDonald's? This is his biggest concern. Because, you know, McDonald's went healthy on us, so it's now an option. <laughs> and for those of you that believed that statement, we're praying for you. I'm like, McDonald's healthy. No, it's not. Let's get back in the Word. So, so, so he's in Potiphar's house. He gets elevated. Now, Potiphar's got everything. It's flourishing. It's take, some of you need to realize the reason why your business is blessed is because you're there. Just the fact that you're in the house, you're in this church, you're in your community, it's better because there's something on your life. Potiphar's house is taken off because he's got Joseph in the house. Joseph is flourishing. He's taking it. Now, Potiphar's got everything under control except for Joseph's wife is crazy. She's crazy. She is in the Bible. She is the first desperate housewife in the history of the world. I'm not making this up. It's in the text. Watch this. Here's the second test you got to pass in your life. Write down number two. It's the test of temptation. Temptation is coming your way. Temptation is going, to be, is going to be a reality for all of our lives. Watch this. This is Joseph. And Joseph is now in Potiphar's house. And he's serving this man Potiphar faithfully. Watch what it says here. It says, so Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except for the food he ate. 
Now Joseph was well built and handsome like Pastor Levi. And after a while, his master's wife took notice of him. And she said, oh, Joe, come to bed with me, Joe. But he refused. He said, with me in charge, my master does not concern himself with anything except for, except for and everything he's entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except for you because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? Did you hear what Joseph just said? Joseph, the temptation came in the form of seduction, but it was a test of loyalty and faithfulness to God. He said, how can I do this wicked thing and sin against his boss? He, Joseph made everything about God. I can't, I can't be involved in the passing pleasures of sin because I don't want to sin against God. Remember, if you're ever going to be used by God, you got to be faithful in small things, faithful in first things, and faithful in things that don't belong to you. Joseph said, how could I do this thing and sin against God? Watch what he says. One day, he went into the house to attend to his duties, and none of the household servants were inside. And she caught him by his cloak, not the Gucci one, and said, come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her hand and ran out of the house. Joseph flees from temptation, and he is basically saying to Potiphar's wife, you can have my coat, but you cannot have my calling. You can have my jacket, but you're not jacking my dream. There's something on my life. There's a future that I have. There's a call of God. There's an anointing. Come on, anybody thankful today that we might be tempted, but I don't have to give in. I don't have to bow down. Even if I got to run out of the house, I'm not giving in. How can I sin against God? Oh, I just love this about Joseph. I just love this about Joseph. He is saying, listen, lady, listen, you, you, you got the wrong guy here. I am not the guy that is just looking for one moment of pleasure. I was 17 and I had a dream. I was 17 and God showed me something. I'm living for a bigger purpose. I'm living for a bigger moment. I'm living for a bigger thing and it's not the passing pleasures of sin. It is the call of God that is on my life. He says, I... And he runs out. Now watch this. Now remember, you can write this down. Crazy people do crazy things. Someone's like, mm, that's good. <laughs> this lady's crazy. So watch this. She is now in the house with Joseph's jacket. And she is feeling rejected. And so out of rejection, she gets crazier. She's standing there. Joseph's gone. She's got Joseph's jacket. And she feels so rejected. Rejection will cause you to do crazy things if you're an insecure person. And she says, so she goes, um, um, help. Anybody? Help. Help. She starts yelling. All of a sudden, these attendants come back and they rush in. They go, hey, um, Potiphar's wife. Um, crazy lady, what's going on? What happened? She's like, oh, jo Joseph. He tried to, he tried to what? And she tells a story of a false narrative. And the Bible says when Potiphar gets home, she tells it to her husband. And Potiphar says, say what? My Joseph tried to do that to my lady? 
Oh, no way. And so Potiphar has Joseph thrown in prison. I'm just going to be honest with you in church. If I'm Joseph and I'm in prison now, I would have been like, hey, thanks, God. Serving you has been awesome. Thanks for the dream. It's just been awesome to be in pits and Potiphar's house and prison. Wow, what's next? Praise the Lord. He is in prison. He is in jail. Here's the third test you got to pass when it comes to God dreams. It's the test of isolation. Oh, it's the test of isolation because Joseph gets in prison. And while he's in prison, he makes some prison friends. So now he's in prison. They got the orange. It's the new black. And they're doing push-ups and sit-ups together. And they're making friends. And they're like, hey, why are you in here? And the one guy's like, I don't know. I'm innocent. And the other guy's like, no way. I'm innocent. Joseph's like, dude, it's crazy. I'm innocent too. Come on, innocent on three. One, two, three. Innocent. They're like, all right, hey, listen, if one of us gets out, if one of us gets out, let's remember each other, you know, because we're friends. Let's remember each other. And, and if, if one of us gets out, we're going to tell the story that all of us are here and we're innocent. Everybody's like, dude, this is innocent on three again, guys. I'm in. One, two, three, innocent. We're friends. We're friends for life. And so watch what the Bible says. One of them gets out. And this is, you can't make this stuff up. Genesis 40, verse 14. But when all goes well with you, remember me and show me kindness. Mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. I was forcibly carried off from the land of the Hebrews. And even here I've done nothing to deserve being put in this prison dungeon. Verse 23. Then the chief cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. I think one of the hardest parts of life is when you are faced with isolation. I, I wonder if FOMO is delaying your destiny. I wonder if you trying to keep up and say yes to everything and be out and about is slowing you down from hearing what heaven wants to say to your life. Because I always find that God loves to take his greatest leaders, his greatest weapons, his greatest dreamers, and he always brings them into a season of isolation. I want to encourage somebody today. If you'll use loneliness, loneliness is not a bad thing. Loneliness, if you use it, loneliness will make it lethal. And so here's Joseph, and he's in prison, and he's all by himself. There's something about Jesus used to beg for times like this. Jesus used to get alone to be with the Father and say, i got to get isolated. I need some separation. I need to get my mind right and my spirit right and my heart right and my thinking right. And I can't do it in the crowds. I can't do it around everybody. I need to get a little bit of isolation. I need to get a little bit of separation so God can start to to form me and mold me and shape me and make me into the person that he's called me to become. It's the test of isolation. And many of us, we, 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 we go, I get temptation and I can overcome rejection, but don't make me be by my lonesome. Don't let me be stuck by myself. And yet God is so masterful in the way that he shapes you, he'll usually do it when nobody else is watching. Remember, before everybody knows your name, a lot of times only God knows your name. 
before you're announced in public. You are molded in private. And this is the way God works. He's always worked this way. He has no other way to work but in moments of isolation. And so every once in a while you feel like my life is a series of pits and potiphers and prison cells. That's a sign that God's going to do something great in your life and through your life. Come on, let's thank God today. He's not mad at you. He's not upset with you. He's just building something. He's, he's, he's constructing something. He's doing a mighty work on the inside to affect the outside. And so, and so he's in prison. He's in, he's in jail. Now, this is interesting. And remember, he is no longer in Pot. He got booted from Potiphar's house. He is now just in Pharaoh's kingdom. He's in Pharaoh's kingdom. And so Pharaoh, the Bible says one day, Pharaoh, he's, he's the head of this whole area. And so Pharaoh has a dream. He has a dream. He's got, he's got a dream too. And so he has a dream. And the Bible says he cannot interpret the dream. He can't understand it. So he calls all the sorcerers and the magicians and all, all, all the, the, peop, the spirits to come and, and, and interpret the dream. And one by one, they all fail. One by one, none of them can can accomplish the dream. And so he's frustrated. Pharaoh's frustrated. with These are the best in the, in the whole region. And so one of his attendants is standing there and, and gets Pharaoh's attention. He says, um, um, uh, uh, Pharaoh. <laughs> Sir, um, uh, Pharaoh. <laughs> <laughs> ah, it's going to sound weird. It's good to see you. Uh, it's good. Hey, I know it's it's going to sound weird, but um, sir, we got a guy in jail right now. He's really good at interpreting dreams. Right now, he's in prison. And Pharaoh's like, right now, in prison? He's like, yeah, he's in, I know it sounds weird, sir, he's in jail right now, but he's, he can totally do this. He goes, well, bring him here. And so they go down to prison, and they get Joseph, and they say, Joseph, um, we need you to go to the palace to go see Pharaoh. I just want to encourage somebody. God has a fast-forward button, and in one moment, he can take you from the prison to the palace because he's that good. Don't be discouraged because you feel like I'm in prison because in one moment, in the blink of an eye, you can get ushered up into the palace courts. And so long story short, Joseph comes and he interprets the dream. And he says, you know, I, 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 God showed me exactly what your dream is. 14 years is coming. Seven years of abundance. The land's going to just yield crazy crop. And it's going to do that because seven years of famine's coming right after that. Pharaoh looks, he goes, this is exactly my dream. And so watch this. He says, um, Joseph, you are now second in command to this whole region. You'll look after all. I just want to encourage somebody because right now you're in Potiphar's house and you're the second in command, but God's training you and raising you for a bigger promotion and a bigger opportunity. It's not what you're doing right now. It's the faithfulness of small things and first things and things that don't belong to you that's getting you ready for a bigger thing. And so seven years goes by, and, and it yields great fruit and, and great uh, produce, and, and they stack it up, and, and it's unbelievable, and it's incredible, and, 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 and they save it up, and then, and then it goes into the famine years, and in the famine years, about halfway through, Jacob sends his boys to Egypt, the ones that are alive that he knows of. And Joseph is running the show, second in command. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, here comes his brothers. Here's the fourth test. 
that you got to pass is the test of retribution. It's the test of retribution. And watch here how Joseph handles the moment with his brothers. Genesis 22. Sorry, Genesis 42, verse 6. Now Joseph was the governor of the land, the person who sold the grain to all its people. So when Joseph's brothers arrived, they bound down to him with their faces to the ground. And as soon as Joseph saw his brothers, he recognized them. But he pretended to be a stranger and spoke harshly to them. Uh, where do you come from, he asked. Although Joseph recognized his brothers, they did not recognize him. This is amazing. Joseph standing there, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, here comes his brothers. They don't recognize him. He recognizes them, and they all bow down. When they bow down, Joseph thinks to himself, Oh, am she? Ah! Ah! This is what I saw when I was 17. I'm not crazy. When I was seven, this is the dream. This is the, what I love about God is that God never gives you a heads up. He never gives you a warning. Tomorrow I'm going to bring your dream to pass. It's just in one moment, all of a sudden, you're faithful, you're serving, you're working, and then all of a sudden, what you've been dreaming about for years, you're walking in. Somebody thank God right now. It will happen if he calls you to it. He's going to see you through it. You can stay standing on your feet. I just love this because Joseph is going to look at his brothers and he's going to reveal himself to them. And what Joseph will say to them, they are afraid for their lives. And, and, and they think it's, this is it, he's going to take us out. And he says, once again, he makes it about God. He says, guys, don't even worry about it. You didn't, you didn't put me here. God put me here. Stop letting people control the narrative of your life. They don't have that much power over your story. God is raising you. God is doing a mighty work in your life. He says, God did this to me and brought me here for a great deliverance. Oh, I just love that. Because Joseph saw all the pain and the hardship he went through, that it was actually not about him. It was to fulfill a bigger dream. It was for other people. Remember this, Joseph in the Old Testament is just a foreshadow. It's just a typecast of a truer and a greater Joseph that will come. And my Jesus fulfilled a greater God dream. And for a greater deliverance, our Jesus went through rejection. And he faced temptation. And he was in isolation. And he hung on a cross with retribution. And he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Come on, somebody thank God today that Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, fulfilled a greater God dream, the greatest deliverance that's ever been seen, the hope of salvation. Come on, bow your heads. Close your eyes. Jesus, we thank you that you went through all of this to fulfill the dream that the Father had, that no one would perish, but so that all would come to everlasting life. Jesus, thank you that you went through the test and you went through all of these things 
so that you can hang on a cross and die for our sins. And the greatest deliverance the world has ever seen is the hope for humanity, the love of Jesus Christ. Today we say yes to your grace and we say yes to your love. We respond by looking at you, not just Joseph, but Jesus, we look at you. You are the author and the finisher of our faith. You are the hope of our life. So we look at your life today and we ask, give us strength for our dream. Give us hope for our future in Jesus' name.